What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation podcast, part of the Panthers Nation Network. Don't worry, we are still kicking. I know it is the offseason, but we've still got content for you. we got a lot of stuff going on in Panthers Nation, and we're going to talk about some of these things here today. So, Shantice, we're going to talk about what you first started talking about on Friday in your Money in the Bank. If y'all haven't been watching those, what are you doing? Tune into the YouTube, go on our Instagram. They're there for you. We got the money coming in each and every week. Got some great content. But so, Shantice, talk a little bit about, you know, the moves we made on Friday. So. We cut Kawhi short alongside Trey Boston, Michael Pilardi, and Stephen Weatherly. Now that and at the time it freed up $35 million in cash space going into the offseason. Now we've also recently restructured Matt Paratis. This is how you we 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 restructured his contract and now we have up to $38 million in cap space. Now only not everybody pretty much the the first thought went to we're freeing up money to take on Deshaun Watson's contract. I would the only reason I said no is because, like we said earlier like in, in pre-production, I feel like Houston's going to probably be unreasonable when it comes down to Deshaun Watson. So this money's being freed up for more than just that reason. I feel like it's being freed up to possibly bring in some free-agent offensive linemen instead of waiting to develop a guy in the draft. You may go get your quarterback in the first round and just, you know, dra- you know, sign your guys, like sign your offensive linemen in the offseason and just go from there to kind of just speed up the process of the phase two of the rebuild. No, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, people need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I know everyone's quick to jump at everything, i.e. David Newton. He's starting to jump either way. But when it comes to cap space, I mean, you got to look at it and, and look at Tepper, really, because while cap space is part of the GM's job, Tepper's a businessman. I, I know he's been one thing we haven't mentioned. Tepper's been really quiet Good. in the last year and a half. I know, I know Shanti's loves that. But think about it. I mean, look at, listen how much we haven't heard from him since the new staff has been hired. I don't know if that was just a change of heart from him, you know, where he didn't feel the need to speak out as much, um, especially with everything going on with Teddy and how open Matt Rule was being. You know, maybe maybe Rivera wasn't always as out front, you know, out in the open with the fans and with the media about, you know, what was going on with the organization. So Tepper felt he needed to be that person. But Tepper's been pretty quiet. But going back to my original point, Tepper's a businessman. I guarantee you he's in on those cap meeting or money meetings. He's there. And I think, you know, you saw Saw, especially in free agency, that's an area in the last few years we've wasted a lot of money. Talking about Bruce Irvin, talking about Stephen Weatherly, talking about to hear Whitehead, some other guys even you know in the last year that I'm trying to remember. I mean, um, oh, what's his face, Don Terry Poe? You know, the, since yeah. since, he's, since he's gotten in, since he's owned the team, you know, he's done. They have there have been some good moves made in terms of you know Gerald McCoy or getting you know bringing back Trey Boston, Matt Paratus, you know, things that people think you know could be good moves, it, things that you know. He's okay with, you know, Tepper knows he's not the biggest football IQ guy, so he knows he's okay with making those moves. But if you're, if we, it seems like if we're signing these guys in free agency, it's not somewhere we're going to keep letting them kick around for a little while and waste our money like some guys we had in the past years. You know, if you don't prove yourself in that year, you're gone. You're not, you're not getting restructured. You're getting cut, which I think is great. So I think people need to pump their brakes a little bit and just realize that this is just this is just normal football moves. This is what teams do in the offseason is they cut oh, yeah. dead cap. And uh, is that, I mean, that, that's what I've been seeing. I don't know about you, Jeff. I agree. I, I think it's it's football moves. It's it's business moves, and I think that you've got to um, be prepared for the free agency market, which starts what in less than a month. Um, and I think that just is you free up that money. And 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 Shanti's hit a little bit. You know, you know the whole Deshaun Watson deal. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more, but we're not even sure that's going to happen in terms of him being released or let go or traded. So I think to free up that money um, and have it ready and have a plan in place come a month from now or less than a month from now when free agency hits. And there's going to be some offensive linemen who are out there that I think you can jump on, um, which is why I think they need to focus on. And, and so, uh, you know, if you free up your money that way, um, 
and have a game plan going into that. It's strictly a business deal. And listen, the, the, when you're quiet, then you don't have all the, the fans and stuff pushing you one way or the other. You're, you're really going to be in a, in a no-lose situation if you know what I'm talking about, because really you haven't said anything. So really, you know, when you start making moves, bam, don't start throwing rumors and everything else out there. Make your decisions, which they did. Um, a couple of my question, the Trey Boston one, I questioned a little bit. Uh, that kind of threw me for a loop. Stephen Weatherly, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, and, uh, and, 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 I, and I think they're going to be smart about it. So to me, I think everybody, like you said, Jack, pump the brakes, pump the brakes on Deshaun Watson. Th- this was a business move. I mean, yeah, the one, so, and that's another thing too, when you talk about it, I mean, being in, you know, about being loud, being verbal, not being quiet. I mean, I think the Panthers fans are, you know, we, we've never had this much, this much conversation when it comes to the off season, we were always in the differences that, you know, and Federer said he was going to come in and be in every single trade conversation. And he has proven that because in the years past, what was the Panthers biggest, you know, complaint that comes free agency. We never, did we never did anything. And not even that we didn't do anything, there would always be like the little inkling like, oh, the Panthers are like one of the teams that he would fit with or one of the teams interested in him. But you never saw the concrete evidence, the paper, the offers. That's what we're seeing, you know, here. It isn't always for the best, like what we saw with Stafford. But at least we know that he's making these deals. He's making these offers. I don't know if he made anything for Wentz. We'll see, you know, if it's like Stafford where we hear in about a week or two what the offer would have been. Um I, I I hope he didn't make an offer. I mean, he could have talked to him. That's fine, but apparently we didn't make an offer. We did we did not make an offer for Carson Wentz. Okay, well then I'm fine. With, I mean, still I'm fine with that. But I think when you talk about it, is yeah, it's just you know showing that you're going to be a player in all these deals, and that's what. He, and I think Jeff, you're right too. And Shanti's talked about, and I talked about it a little bit. You know, I've been I've been a pretty big proponent of getting offensive linemen in the draft. I mean. If that's really just stems from a desire to just have offensive linemen. Uh, Jared Feinberg, who came on a couple weeks, uh, a week or so ago, he was talking about how if the line was, you know, little, it was Moten, it was Paratus, it was um, oh the guy we picked up last year, um, John something, I don't remember his name. Uh, John Miller. John Miller, and then another guy on the end, uh, who, and then another guy I can't remember. Dennis Daly still on the roster. Uh, Daly, yes, it was. I think it was Little Daly, Lar- uh, Bradis, and I was like, honestly, if that's a consistent, healthy, consistent, healthy line, not horribly upset with that because we saw it with the consistency this year that they did a better job than in years past. Still not great, but a better yeah. job than in years past. So if we have them building upon themselves, building that chemistry, I'm okay with that. But also, just like Jeff just said. I'd rather get offensive linemen in free agency. There's guys like Forrest Lamp out there. There's guys that have been able to be, you know, there's some guys we won't be able to get because they're some of the top tier guys. But there are playmakers out there. And when it comes to the draft, you know, parent, if we, if, and, and that's, and that's to say if we don't get Sean Watson, you know, if we get yeah. Sean Watson in, in the free agency, then yeah, get just get some, you know, some guys that you think might be able to make an impact if you train them better. Just build, for, if anything, for depth. Because yeah. like we, we saw what happened to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. You, get, you ain't got no depth. Doesn't matter how good your starting line is. Exactly. So, I'm sorry, you got something to say. I'll I'll stop talking for a little bit. I think two things when you think about offensive linemen, and and, you know, um, let's face it, and I'm gonna go back to the Titans a little bit. Isaiah Wilson, their number one draft pick last year, train wreck, train wreck. Man was doing donuts, drunk or something in downtown Nashville. He was at a park. I mean, you're seeing these young kids and stuff. So, for me, get yourself. Get yourself, you know, the, the 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 lineman if you can in free agency. Spend the money. I mean, if that's your game plan, which we'll figure out eventually, but if that's your game plan, go get that and get your quarterback in the draft, which we'll talk a little bit more about Sean Watson. But I'm just saying, go find people who are – and with linemen, listen, linemen are a different breed. 
I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, they're whack jobs. I mean, they're just, you know what I'm saying? They're mean, yeah. ugly. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know more of, I don't want to say it's not a money thing. It, it's more of, I think with Lyman, it's, 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 you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get the flashy superstars a lot of times. Lyman are so hungry for just the smallest bit of appreciation because of yeah. how much they yeah. do. They just want to go out there and prove they can get yeah. it done. I'm sure in the NFL level, they are trying to get paid as well. But, yeah. they, and so that's what I think, Jeff, I think, and, and in my my priority list would still be to go for Watson first. If you can't get that done, obviously get some linemen. But in my mind, these guys that were we, we picked them up to be our depth in little, you know, little obviously couldn't be the starter because of his health. Miller, we picked up, I would imagine, to be, you know, depth. Daly was never supposed to be on the starting lineup. He was, I mean, I'm happy that he is, but you know, these were yeah. guys that were supposed to be our depth positions. They're now gonna be having to move up into these starting roles. So if you need to go in the draft, the draft is a good place to get that good depth. We saw that guy, that D3 dude in, 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 in the senior bowl. Go yeah. scoop him up. You saw him how he handled some of those D1 defensive linemen all week. Go grab him. You can get him as a UDFA if you want and, to. And and mind you, I mean, think about Scott Fritter and what and where he came from and what they did well in that last organization in Seattle. They drafted well, rounds two through seven. That's what you built. Richard Sherman, fifth round pick. Cam Chancellor, I think if I'm not mistaken, was maybe like a third round guy. Like I think it was fourth. Fourth. I mean, so, I mean you, you, look, you look at a lot of guys that they picked up and a lot and how they built their team, it's through the bulk of those rounds in the draft. And I mean, that's gonna that's gonna have to be what, what you're what you're good at. Because I mean, like I mean, if you if you say if you do trade for Watson and you do get him, first round pick is gone for the next three years. You're gonna have to be able to be able to be able to evaluate talent well enough to get the guys. That are going to be there around two through seven, and you and and I will say this: we do have an advantage this, this in this offseason because our coaching staff coaching the Senior Bowl. They got to see a lot of guys coming out, so I mean they they got first dibs on they got they got the first look on a lot of these guys in their first action since the season ended. So I feel like we're I, I feel like they this is this is a calculated move. They know what they're doing. I well I'm gonna say they know what they're doing. They they at least have an idea of what they're what they're trying to do. And because they had that advantage of having of having having a senior bowl tape and seeing those guys firsthand, they're a little bit more willing to play around with the idea that we may not have to we may not have to get a guy to the second or third round. Now, do you think with that advantage you talking about you talked about and being your first season as a GM going into this draft, you think he's going to be a little bit more wary to give up some of these picks that he will use to prove himself in this first season as a solidified GM? Is that you know kind of holding back a little bit? I think that. I think I think for Scott, I think they understand the needs that we have, and, and the biggest need that they've all talked about. And I mean, we talked about it here was that the quarterback plays got to be better. So if you have a chance to go get that guy, I think they'll be. I think he's more than willing to make that deal and get it done. I mean, what well, I mean, it's a lot though. I mean, because if you if you get him and you can't draft and you end up being a train wreck in the draft, if you weren't able to get Deshaun Watson, this would have all been for nothing, and we would have pretty much just stay in the same spot but i think with, with with the stakes being as high as they are you got to be willing to go all in for it well not to add to into your point you know he did like we said the seahawks have in the years past with that with that front office they did a bit around the late and, the, and they been a, did a better job in the late rounds now to f- kind of flip that because you can never really tell in a draft i mean you, you have the inklings but who you can never really tell who you know that success is coming from in terms of making those picks now, this is a question that, you know, we can both all else can answer. But I want to ask the Jeff specifically because, you know, obviously with the people in our family, he's had a bit, he's watched the Seahawks a little bit more intently over the last, you know, decade or so. As we've seen, the, the Seahawks did a good job in the beginning of their, you know, like of their legacy and of their, you know, kind of regime of getting guys, you know, like you said in the later rounds, that they were able to cultivate a better offensive lineman at the time. You know, J.R. Sweezy, Russell Okun, they weren't the biggest names, but they used them to their advantage. 
Fast forward about two, three years after the Super Bowl, Russell's running for his life half the season, still making it to the playoffs off of his own sheer merit, but they seem to kind of dial, they seem to steer away from focusing on that position. Is that something you think that might plague him in this, or that's a mistake that he's looking to correct this time around if, you know, he played a part in it? He, you know, you bring up a great point. Uh, let's face it. The Seahawks were the Seahawks because of two things. The Legion of Boom, number one, and number two, Russell Wilson. I mean, let, let's just be real. That That is it. And I don't know, you know, as long as I've watched the Seahawks, which has been, I guess, 10 years or so now, and watching them, even when they had, you know, Okung and all those other guys, it's always been that it seems like Russell's always run for his life. Uh, it just seems like that has never been. And when you have somebody like Marshawn Lynch, who they had, and it's kind of like taking, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, put Derrick Henry behind any line, he's probably going to get some good yardage. Same thing with Marshawn Lynch. So I think for 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 this guy coming in as a GM, um, I, he's in he's in a no, I, I don't know, he's in the toughest spot I think any GM could be in this year. And it just becomes you got the whole Deshaun Watson thing floating out there. And then if that doesn't happen, what do you do? And I, I just it's it's so, but you gotta for me, if I'm him, I think he does the the free agent market. I think right now they have their mindset on whether the whole what'll happen with Deshaun, but free agent market, I think he's got the idea of okay, here's what we're gonna do. I think he's out to prove himself. That's why they cleared some cap space. And I think he goes, I got a fresh start, let's go out and make some, let's go out and make a difference. Listen, the D was taken care of in the draft. Let's hit the free agency market. Let's go after these offensive linemen. Let's make some smart moves. So matter no matter who the quarterback is, even if you get one or two names, I mean, that's it. You know, get one or two gritty linemen and you're good to go. So I think he's trying to prove something, yes, because to me, he never proved it in Seattle. DJ, I mean, Hatton, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. I mean, what, you know, yeah. it's hard to, to, to pinpoint where those moves are coming from. I mean, well, he obviously played a part in, in those meetings. You know, he's in the discussions. You never know what he did specifically. I honestly think, though, you talk about how hard his position is. I think he's got a lot of options. I think there's a very small chance that things can be any worse than they were last year. At the very, I think worst case scenario is that things just stay the same, which is still bad and in and, and, and the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But I also think last year with Gettleman, I think Rule had, obviously you could tell, a lot of influence on that draft, especially right. the later rounds. I think this year, Fitterer might have a bit more control. I think he could have a lot of freedom to do a lot of different things in this offseason. And there's very, very small opportunities for him to mess up. And whether that's, you know, by a lack of, you know, by action of omission, by not doing anything at all, that's the worst thing you do is, is not do anything at all, you know, yeah. and because you talk about offense. I mean, there are some areas you can still go in defense. There's a couple cornerbacks. I mean, with Trey gone, that, I, don't, I mean, because now you're thinking, I guess, Chin's going to have to move back to safety like he was originally intended. I would imagine, or you got to get a free, you got to get a free safety in the draft because now it's him you, and Burris. You probably go with one of the younger. They still got some young guys on the roster. I think Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson. Did we, makes did we sign? Him? I know we signed it back. Did we not cut him again? I thought we cut him again. I don't think we cut him again. I think he's still on the roster. I think you probably give him a shot because he was your he was your draft pick last year. I think what fifth round. You no, he was earlier. Pick. I thought mm, either fourth or fifth. He couldn't have been any higher than that. He was either, he was either fourth or fifth. I, I, fourth is what I was thinking. Who yeah, Kenny? Yeah, yeah Kenny. Yeah, I was. Troy Pye was fourth. Troy Pye was fourth round. Kenny was fifth. I may be wrong on that, but I'm not I thought he was the reverse. Because we didn't have a third round pick. I think it was, it was, it was Brown, Chan, second round. Nah, you turned with the second round, I thought. No, you turned with second round. You're right. No, we picked Chan, Chan and you turned with both second round. We got Chan back in. Oh, because we, we traded up our third. Yeah, we traded up our third for Chan. 
And then it then it was Troy Pride, then Kenny Robinson. I think. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, no, fans anyway. don't care. They they, they, they can look it up. We, he was no. five. He was five. He was five. Oh, darn it. Yeah, Pride was five. Two. And of course, hey, Tyler wasn't on this. Tyler could have just nipped it in the bud like that. Yes, so let, me, let me bring up two other things real quick before Sean, we say anything else too. I think the cool part about the staff and the coaching in the senior bowl, like they had a chance to do, you can see the tape left and right of all these guys. I think the advantage of that though, is you get to learn how coachable somebody is, mm-hmm. how they react to being coached, which yep. could go a long, long, long way. Um, or it could go the other around where you say there's a lot of these guys that you can coach. And like we saw in the defense, it took a long time for some of these younger guys yeah, to but, figure out what to do, even though they've been coaching some of them for what, five odd years because of their staffing. So <laughs> I, I mean, no, you're right, Jeff. That yeah. is a good, that is good. But it can also always. Oh, flip here's, the, here's the other part. If you, if you think about the defensive side of the ball, do they go after one veteran to lead these guys? Do you go get a Richard Sherman? Do you go get, I hate to even say it, if they cut him like an Adoree Jackson or, or, or Malcolm Butler or That's, uh, I now nah, I would like a Malcolm Butler sign it. I mean, so, so when we come to that, so we talked about it. Cause I think, I think Patrick Peterson, I, I, I don't know how we would be able to sway him here. I mean, I think he's still, I don't think he's past his prime per se yet. I think he's probably on the cusp. Of it. He's probably, he probably wants to go to a contender. Like a guy, I think like he wants to go like an immediate contender. That's who, if we're going to talk, I think the Titans need to go after because Patrick Peterson and that defensive backing group would be insane. Um, regardless, I think Richard Sherman and with Sean Deason and I were talking about as well. I think in my mind, it's a perfect fit because he wasn't planning. I mean, he said he wanted to go to contender the first time around, but he went to San Francisco. They weren't a first. They were not a contender before he got there. And if you look at the team, the rosters, and the the, the storyline behind the coaching staff in both of those organizations wasn't too different from where the Panthers are right now. Right. So, and we look at Sherman. I mean, I would love that for our DBs, our, our young guys, because who better to teach a lot of these young this young core than literally one of the one of the smartest DBs, if not one of the smartest players, to literally ever play. And Chinese and I were talking. If you look at Dante and in early years, Richard Sherman. It's a very similar dude. Obviously, Dante is not as good as Richard Sherman in those years. But in terms of, you know, attitude, um, you know, firing off the ball, how aggressive he is, um, I think Dante's hair might be a little bit longer. But regardless, <laughs> I think that would be a pro- – I mean, there's no – like, if someone could whip Dante and, like, look, you can be a starter. You can be a, a number – like, you can be a top five guy in this league, but this is what you got to do. It'd be Richard Sherman in my mind. And here's the thing, man. I think a lot of our – the holes that we need to fill – a lot of those can be filled through free agency. I mean, you. I mean, it's 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 like this. I mean, I, I would rather go, like I said, free agency with offensive line because, like Jeff just talked talk about with, with with the Titans and their, and their top offensive line draft pick, it's not a guarantee. And offensive linemen seem to be more pro- outside of that. Once you get outside of the, like the top five, yeah, look, all these guys are really project guys that you just pretty much hoping turn out to be something 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 solid. And not all of them turn out to be. Worth the draft pick they were given, even 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 if they have solid careers. So I would rather go get a guy in in free agency. Then and and like you said with Richard Sherman, our secondary is it was young. It's just, it's just young, and that's and that was and that's the biggest knock against it. I mean they're 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 athletic, they're fast, they're physical, but they're just young. And if you could and if you could bring a guy in that can help bring up the football IQ of that secondary by leaps and bounds with 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 with, with at least an off season. Then you go do it. I mean, and and, I can, and and like we said before, if you're able to say say we're able to get Deshaun Watson, let's hope that it's one of those deals where like 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 in Tampa, everybody sees it and says, okay, let's pack our bags and go to Carolina and just give ourselves a shot. Because I mean, if we if we have the quarterback, and maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm the missing piece 
to make this thing come full circle and, and possibly make a run for a championship. Because you can see how that can turn, you know, bottom of the barrel organizations. And Shanti's going to be a little heated, but like the, like the Lakers are at the time before they yes, when they oh, first yes. run. I mean, bringing immediately Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, a bunch of guys, even off of that, coming and they were able to win, a, you know, win the championship next year after. I mean, or two next two years after that all came together. And man, th- and I mean, like I said, I'm not a. I mean, I'm I'm dev- I mean, I'm a fan of the guy. I just don't necessarily like him because he's in my division now. But you talking about Bray's really broken the mold as far as like I mean, especially with age, but as far as like how guys start to see free agency now. I mean, you know, a lot of guys, you know, especially with football, they're focused on the money because the money is not is the money's not guaranteed in this sport. So you just focus on the money. But now you got a bunch of guys that were F all the, you know, the, the money. I mean, I've made enough money now. Let me just go get a championship. I mean, and, and they all went and bought in on, on going to this team for one goal, and that's the win a championship. Maybe if a lot more guys start looking at it, th- start looking at free agency like that instead of like instead of especially if you've had two or three contracts already, like Patrick Peterson. You've made enough money at this point. Go somewhere where you know you can go contend today. Right. Richard yep. Sherman. I mean, Richard Sherman went, he went and got a bigger, he, he went and got the bag from San Francisco because he had to go bet on himself because he was coming off an Achilles tear. But you look at him now, I'm like, I mean, go somewhere where you can at least put this team on the path. I mean, Carolina's he, And you know he's investing too, so he's got money for years. Oh, yeah, he's got money. The, the, money's, the money's already there. Go to a team where they may be a piece away, which you may be the piece. You may can bring that team to that next level that could put you in contention for a championship. Now, let me ask you this too, and, and putting, you know, the some of the guys on the Bucks, their various mental states aside, do you think that kind of creates like that, does this kind of start? Because it wasn't necessarily like a super team in terms of you know how much they dominated, but in terms of you know bringing all those names into one organization, does that kind of start the super team era of the NFL? Because we hadn't really seen like that anything kind of like that before. I think you get a bunch of guys that think about it. Like I mean, you it, it's at least a thought now. It's at least a thought that you know. Okay, I just take less money to just stay here. Like I look at what Patrick Mahomes did with his deal. I mean, his deal was friendly enough to keep Chris Jones and give him a bigger bag. I mean, you. I, I think it. I think it's a thought now, at least. Uh, I'm. A, I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A play devil. Devil's advocate here. You know, the super team for me with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was one guy, and it was Tom Brady. I mean, I hate to say it. I just. That's my, my opinion. I mean, you you put Tom Brady on any other team, they're probably in that same spot. Um, was it the perfect storm? Yes, but we've seen so many times where there have been teams that go get a couple of guys, and they're disasters. Um, you know, I mean, listen, Jadavion Clowney is he gonna make the Titans a Super Bowl? No, he, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it was just you know, you know, if you got Clowney, now let's say they go get JJ Watt. You know, we got JJ Watt. Let's just go with the Titans from it. You go JJ Watt, Jadavion Clowney. You know, you put them on that front line. Are we, you know, I mean, well, you go. Well, that wouldn't make you any better because your quarterback isn't any good. So. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> if, you Sherman, if you go get Richard Sherman, are we, the, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think so. I just think that it that was the perfect storm. I think that was just, and for anybody else to think that, unless you have TB12, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I just, I don't buy it. It's, it's, here's the thing in, in my mind, because, and you can make that argument, you know, yeah, it was really just Tom Brady, but if the guys that they brought on for that year didn't actually make, you know, uh, you know, actual plays in the playoff run in Super Bowl, you had Antonio Brown was catching touchdown passes up in the playoff run to get up there. You saw what playoff Lenny and Super Bowl Lenny would do getting up there. And then Gronk caught, you know, two touchdowns in that Super Bowl. So I just think, you know, not necessarily that it was a perfect storm, but here's the idea is that 
you know, that was the one thing everyone was hesitant to do in the NFL. We talked about it. Everyone was hesitant to, you know, go balls to the wall all in for one year for that Super Bowl. If you get the Super Bowl, awesome. If you don't, you're screwed because everyone was worried about, you know, what would happen after the fact either way. But if you think about it, I mean, the main point of this game is to win a ring. Yeah. So they did what they needed to do to get a ring that year. So I'm not saying it's going to become a common thing because, yes, I do think having the greatest quarterback of all time definitely facilitated it. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think if you just brought Brady in there, I think there was a reason they signed these guys because if you just had Brady in there and just kept it with Ronald Jones and, and you know, and Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller, they still probably would make playoffs. But I don't know if they're I, mean, I don't know if their defense, you know, because I think the defense still would have put up what they did against the Chiefs. Lord knows what the, the, what the offense would have done. And so I think what, what Chauncey says right to him, we've said this before. I had said it before. You know, the draft takes a lot of time to cultivate those guys. You know, they're not always, they're not always guarantees. They have, a lot of, they have a lot of upside, not, but, and, you know, just as much downside, or not, maybe not as much downside because you have more time to cultivate them. Um, but with the, with the drastic change of the environment of the, both the NFC South and the NFC as a whole right now, you have a huge chance to go from, you know, third, somehow we were third, third to first in the division like that if you go in free agency and get those guys that might be able to make an immediate, you know, change in your success level. Now the ceiling is a lot lower there as well, and it's also a lot higher. Or, the, or excuse me, the ceiling is a lot, the ceiling's a lot higher, the floor is a lot lower. So I, I still think as long as they're aggressive in, you know, free agency, I, there, like I said, there were some moves with this I question. I mean, you know, I understand taking the cap away. I, I get what KK, you know, I understand that. I mean, I don't think a lot of this was necessarily KK's fault. It's tough to, you know, stay healthy in that position. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how much he had left in the tank. If he does come back healthy, you know, being in that position the way he is. And I, right. I understand if Brown, with Brown playing the way he did and some guys filling in roles like uh, Kyle Love and, and you know, Brady, Brady, Roy played he even, even showed some. Yeah, I mean, so I understand that. I mean, you could go after J.J. Watt, say, if you bring in Deshaun first and get J.J. to come too or the other way around. The one that confused me a little bit was Pilardi. I mean, I saw, I understand what, you know, our boy did, our Gamecock punter did this year. He obviously, I mean, but he had some ups and downs. It wasn't always, it wasn't always great. I mean, yeah, he, but I'm not, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not, he, he's a punter. I'm not gonna lie to you. I no, like, I know. Like, like, like I, like I want to care that, you know, he, 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 he was good when he was there, but fam, it's, it's a punter. No, I know. And I get it, but it was just, he was unhealthy. So I, th I thought they would have let him play another year as being healthy. Cause that was why he didn't play this year last year, correct? I don't think he. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was injured from the top. He was, yeah, he was injured from the top of the year. But he, but look at money though. Yeah, you know, no, I get that. This, this team is trying to save money any way they can. If I gotta go cheap at that position with a guy that I'm, I don't get the free agent that play well, and you know, so I mean, and, and and to the point we were making earlier about you know free agency and teams going all in. Think about it, football is the one sport where it makes the most sense to go all in on one year because the windows for these teams are so much smaller. Like in, in the NBA. You get a superstar, your window may be, may actually be five to seven years. NFL, that's three to four. Four being absolute max, but depending on the yeah, depending on the position, it could be even smaller. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're I mean, you're really looking at let's see. Uh, honestly, I, I scratch that two to three. Your window's probably really two to three years with your team at full strength. You don't have that long. This game doesn't really lend itself for guys to play that long. So you might as well go all in on the on the one year. Rather than trying to play the long game, because I, how many teams have actually developed them, their teams into, into being contenders for the long term? Uh, usually, I, hit on, I, I, usually hit on one guy. You hit on the one guy, and the one guy you always got hit with hit with is quarterback. So and I would argue probably the, 
I would argue probably the Chiefs. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, that not a lot of those guys that they were signing in in the offseason. A lot of those guys they were drafting, you know, your Travis Kelsey's, your Tyreek Hills. Those weren't guys that they just kind of pulled from anywhere, you know. And then you hit on the one guy, Mahomes. And even he, you know, he was viewed at the time as having to be, you're going to have to develop for a couple of years. No one knew he was going to take off the way that he did. Yeah. Um, you get some other guys, like, I guess, probably. Like, I mean, other teams like the Ravens at the time, you know, they kind of built around everywhere. They kind of pulled for free agency a little bit too. And honestly, the, one of the biggest examples of that was the Seahawks. I mean, That's they right. had, they didn't really, you know, they weren't pulling from, you know, bits and pieces other than Marshawn Lynch, you know, giving him and grabbing him over. There was a lot of guys there that they were picking and trying to, and, you know, trying to cultivate there. And that was able to create, you know, a long program. And then of course, you know, the Patriots, cause they don't, they, Bill doesn't care about free agency at all. Um, but, I mean, they, yeah, they, they, they sign better than they draft, especially at receiver. Well, yeah, that's about the one position. I, they're they're an enigma in their own sense, anyway. So that's not even something we're going to try to keep headspace. So I am interested, you know, the linebacker position. That's going to be something. I mean, just to hear Whitehead go, is just Chin have to move back to free safety? You know, what are we doing with Shaq? What what are your thoughts on what we should do with the linebacker position? Because that has been an area where we dominated for the longest time, and we saw how the Bucks that position group play bought out this year and one of the best you know one of the best linebacking cores i've seen probably since ours in 2015 yeah yeah i mean you this year you honestly gotta just probably draft best player available at that position honestly you could i mean i mean because how much money are you how much money are you willing to spend because right now we all assume that just that this money's being pushed back to go either off of the line or bring in Deshaun. how much money do you actually have to go get a linebacker i probably Honestly, you probably your best bet is probably go draft one and just call it a day. And well, when, you look, when you look at some of the names that are out there for this year's, you know, linebackers, I'm looking at the free agents list. It's not a lot to write home about. Well, see, there's one that I want, and I know we could probably lowball, but I know that the team that has him has a lot of loyalty to him. But he is coming off of a season end, a season ending injury where he did not play the whole year, and that is Jayon Brown with the Titans. He is in free agency this year. I really like him. I've seen the tape on him, but I just think the Titans have more loyalty where they're not going to let him get lowballed, and so they'll match or beat whatever offer we would try to make because he is. I mean, not that he didn't. He has to you know prove himself. But when you a linebacker coming off an injury, there are very few that can perform you know to the same level they did before it. Only when you know Thomas Davis is the only one who you know was able to bypass that. But what I've seen from Jayon, I really liked, and I think him and Shaq would go really well together. But I just That's don't think Avery really, Williamson from the Steelers. See, now he is interesting. He's been a, he's one of those vet guys. He reminds me a lot of TD. But what That's is it? That, that would be his what fit third fourth team if he came to us whoever he goes to next because it was titans jets steelers and the fourth so i don't know how much he has left in the tank um i i like him though i like what i've seen and that would provide your veteran presence and that position which you don't normally which you I mean i'm sorry shack i it's so hard with shack because whenever i think he's not making the moves that are actually tangible he does go and do those but then when i think he's not doing enough you know on the other side to be a leader I hear inklings from, you know, from our staff and from other beat reporters that he is that leader. I just never, it's so, it's so hard. Like his impact is so, you know, intangible to me. I don't know how much he is there on the line. I don't know about y'all, how, what your, your, your thoughts on Shaq is. Cause he's been an enigma for me for a little while right now. I, I think that the praise is a little bit better than the play. I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't necessarily seen the growth that I would have expected considering that, he, considering who he played with early on in his career. He has to grow into that type of linebacker. Like he's not as good as Thomas Davis. He's not as good as Luke. And I, I wouldn't expect him to be as good as Luke, but I at least expect him to be on par with Thomas Davis. And even that was like a far stretch between 
Thomas Davis at his peak, and right now Shaq Thompson, which is seen, which is supposed to be his peak right now. You know, it's so hard right now, guys, in terms of such the young defense that you had with a new defensive coordinator, to really find out where anybody's at if that makes any sense. At least from my point of view, it's that realm of there's just so many still unknowns, and you know, they did they did a good job. I mean, they, they you know we talk more about the defense than we did about the offense. We were more. I think pleasantly surprised about the defense yeah. than we were the offense all season. So Shaq's the type of guy that I think, you know, I could see him being as he continues to grow. Like you said, I, I agree with you. The, the, the play hasn't matched up to the praise yet, but I think it could get there. And and I see some qualities about him not giving up on plays, being in the right spots. Do you know what I'm getting at? He just yeah. seems to have that it factor that just needs to – Nurture a little bit, and I could see him being another TD. I, I really could. If it, it's yeah. just in that realm, I think he needs another guy beside him that can that can play to, to right. probably above. Probably I mean, above his level, to which is where, play. which He's is where Deion Brown would have fit in for me, and that's why I would have liked to have him. But I think what you talk about with, the, with when it comes to the draft, obviously we've seen like you know the, the defensive back in the draft can either be really good or really really bad. Offensive line, same kind of way. Linebacker is one of those positions where you can get a lot of steals. You look at in the past couple of years, Fred Warner, Demario Davis, Brody from the from the Colts out of out of SC State. I don't remember his name. Freaking uh, the Darius Leonard. Thank you. you the, and then you the, and you seen there's teams that turn around their linebacker position in the draft, like the Titans. Titans went from having just Brian Arakpo and nothing else for a little while to getting guys like Harold Landry to Jayon Brown to um um what's his other the, the one with the R. I don't, I don't remember the other guy. Uh, Rashad Evans, a bunch of them. And, and that was in the span of literally, what, two years that you got all those three, players? Three, and yeah, they turned their linebacking core around like crazy. So there is there is the potential in the draft to go and get a guy that would be able to do it. It's just – it's not like – it's not necessarily as rare, but it's kind of like a diamond in the rough where you can get mm -hmm. them back in those later positions and you get guys from these no-name colleges, which is where hopefully, you know, they'll utilize things like the Senior Bowl where they get some guys that are undervalued because of the school that they're in i.e., you know, Luke Keekley at Boston College and things of that nature, and they right. get undervalued because of the school they played for and, the, you know, the helmet or the logo on their helmet, and then they get something else. There's a lot of guys like that. Um, and there's just some other people that, you know, you think that you might be – and same, the same thing could go for, you know, defensive back. While I say we just focus on offense, I still do think, you know, the only really offensive position we really need to focus on is linemen. Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're, obviously other than quarterback, if you want to go that route, if we haven't gone that way in the, in the free agency, mm -hmm. we don't need to get – I think even if Curtis were to leave, I don't think we need to get a wide receiver. I think you we could could, you could go tight end. You could go tight end. Could I go tight end. Will we use him if we do? Because I mean, nothing about this year made me through them. We would because that's my thing. With, like I don't know what y'all think about Ian because he was valued. There was a there was a Bleach Report article talking about players that need to get cut. Ian was one of them. I still don't. I understand that you know he obviously hasn't impacted the play the way he was his rookie season. But look at the scenario. Rookie season, Ian Thomas, Greg was out. He had to be that guy. Cam's, you know, go-to guy was always the was always the uh, tight end. So even with McCaffrey being there, he still used Ian quite a bit. Yeah. Next year, Ian's not needed. Greg is back. You're going to throw. You're going to keep Greg in there, obviously. As and okay, not obviously. Excuse me, because if you're a front office, you knew Greg was on his last leg. You should have been throwing Ian in a bit more to get him comfortable, which they didn't do, and that might be into why he was inactive this season. But also, Brady just never drew up plays for him. No. Brady was using him as a second, as basically a, a, a blocker. And we talked about maybe that's because of the offensive line. And while I say tight end, while I say tight end, let's back up a little bit. You know, name me five. I mean, there's, I can name like five tight ends in the in, NFL. In, or, I and, mean, and that, that I mean are, I'm talking go-to, you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. 
let me just back up. Uh, you know, uh, who ever heard of Michael Pruitt from the Titans or Anthony Fersker that played at Harvard? Or who would have thought Logan Thomas would have gone from quarterback at Virginia Tech to playing tight end for the, and making right. and, and going out? Yeah, you know what I'm getting at. I mean, you get the Gronk, you get the the Zach Ertz, you get the uh, Kittles, the Kelsey's. Kelsey's. Well, I can't even say his name. Um, but you know, but uh, literally, there's five or six. Other than that, um, Kelsey just makes me nauseous. But oh, okay. um, I think you couldn't pronounce it. I was confused. Well, I was just like uh, recall. Um, gotcha. But you know, there's literally, you know, this is and, true. And here's the deal, too. They work out that relationship with the quarterback. There's just this – to me, had Tom Brady not been there, let's say Gronk had been on Tampa Bay. Without Brady? Me, he, we wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have left. Brady, yeah. I'm just saying, had he done it without Brady? No. I don't think he catches two touchdowns. In this no. Game. You go you go, Greg Olson and Cam Newton. You yeah. go you go, Marcus Mariota and Delaney Walker. You go, you know, uh, Carson Wentz and um, – yeah. It definitely has to be a relationship there. Like, like, like unlike receiver, like I think a receiver can be great with a quarterback that he doesn't have a relationship with just because he can just uh, – receivers can just operate on their own accord and still – I mean, if he's open, man, if he's open 15 yards down the field, you got to throw it to him. Right. Tight end is where it's not timing routes. You got to just be – you got to be more on the same on the same wavelength to, to know, okay, I got to hit him in this spot. And him You know where he's going. Exactly. You know exactly where he's going to be at. Where and, – and Teddy and Ian just never seem to – Get, get that relationship. And I, I look at how they even operated their offense. It didn't lend itself very well to the tight end being used. Like, it, it's like, it because because everything was more intermediate, short, it doesn't really lend itself to, like, I look at what Greg what Greg was able to do. Because our offense was a lot, it was a lot of deep routes, a lot a lot of things going over the top, that intermediate game for, for, right. him, for him and Cam 10 to 15 yards down the field is there. It's always there because we're always okay. pushing the ball down the field with our receivers. Get, well, you know. Yeah, and Ian, you know, the thing with me, it's kind of like the Panthers as a whole last season. They had their moments of brilliance, if that makes sense. (laughs) There was always the moments. It was putting all those moments together for 60 minutes. Um, And that's Ian kind of – you would talk about him one week, so the next week it was like, wait, what? And I think they get talking about him at all at this point because well, the only time we talked about it was like, hey, where the hell is Ian and why isn't he doing anything? And again, I think it might have been a product of you know not having enough linemen to be able to, to, to you know I think we might have used him a bit more. Listen, not only that, but you don't have you know when you don't have CMC and you've got this first year offense coordinator, how much you know how do you get an offense completely clicking? One minute you know CMC was playing, he wasn't. Teddy was maybe hurt. I, you know what I'm getting at. So you know mm-hmm. you got to be able to mesh it all together for a year or two, and I just don't know that Ian you know, has, has been put in that position. Yeah, but, the, I mean, how many tight ends, you know, that go right off the bat and they're – I mean, it's kind of like wide receiver. They reach their peak around that, you know, third or fourth year, if you think about it. The confusing yeah. part of me was that is just that when we saw the impact that, you know, it wasn't a whole lot, but, I mean, and obviously not as a good drafted, but Thaddeus Moss still made an impact there at LSU that last year, and Brady was drawing up plays for him. And so it was weird to me to just to see that the, the, the yeah. turnaround of not doing anything for Ian when, I mean, if you look at Ian in terms of just his, you know, um, and just his physical attributes, you know, and just those, I mean, he, he's a good, he's a, he's an athlete. He's a faster yeah. guy. He's a bigger guy. He's, I mean, he is out there to be able to make plays. And that was what was exciting. You know, it was a bit of a, you know, we thought we were going to have the kind of next person. I remember a lot of people being excited when we drafted him. I was one of them. I was very excited when we drafted him because we knew Greg was on the way out. So I still don't even need to go tight end per se. If you want to go, you know, get a grab a veteran. T- I mean, I don't know if I want to get Lanny Walker, but where the hell is he? What has he been doing? I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't get it per se, but you know what I'm talking about. 
I just don't think, you know, I, it's funny. I mean, I think we need to get offensive line to build up the depth like we were talking about because we, as we saw in the Super Bowl, if you don't have depth at that position, yep. it doesn't matter how good your starters are. If they're not playing, if they're not healthy enough to play, it doesn't matter what you're going to do there. And you can talk about, you know, everything all you want, but obviously it made an impact on the game. Um, so I still think while you do need to touch on maybe one or two, I mean, you can go defense heavy again if you really like to because – Linebacker still a position that needs depth and has question. Obviously, now the front four is still a position that has a little bit. I mean, even if they are all healthy at the same time, you know, that's still a position. And of course, you know, it's just there's a lot that can this team for the first time in a while, the roster is not solidified and you're not just having to fill in one or two holes in the area. You know, that's mm -hmm. what the Panthers were from about 2012 to 2017. It was, you know, we have a solid core group of, of, of you know, of, of, of A-list to B-list players. We just need to plug in these holes. And that was what worked in 2015 too, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. It was the depth we had in that year. If Greg went out, boom, Ed Dixon in, go make a play. He would catch a one-handed touchdown that next play. You know, Jonathan Stewart goes down. Fozzie or Cap would be able to at least make an impact for a little bit. Hell, even if Cam went down, the whole stadium was so crazy when D3 came in and just do anything other than throw an ill-minded you know, pick. But you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we had that depth, and I think right. that depth is what you need, especially in this game of football like you talk about. It's a big stamina game, and if you don't have the you know enough stamina and enough depth, that's why that window is so small because injuries are so much more taxing in this sport. There's so much more – you know, if, if one piece falls out of that – puzzle the whole puzzle breaks apart it takes 11 guys doing one, 11 jobs perfectly to win that game you know so i think that's where you know the draft can be really big here and i think it's going to be really interesting to see it's going to be very telling to see what the the game plan is in the next couple of years by what they do in this offseason you know what they put the emphasis on in terms of free agency or the draft picks because there's a lot like i said there's a lot of moves they can make to try to win in the long run but there's also some obvious moves they can make that could either really help in the, in the short term or, or, or not at all. I mean, the main thing is going to be progression. I mean, they, you can't, you have to win more than five games this year. Yes, of course. Like you, like, it, you have to show improvement. I mean, if, if we, six and 10 is not an improvement. Six and 10 won't, won't get it done. Seven and nine, depending on how you look, won't get it done. Like, I mean, if you bring at this point, you've pretty much brought the bridge with Teddy, so you got it. So that's pretty much done. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, he's unfollowed, he's unfollowed, he's unfollowed the players, yeah. the team account. Like, yeah, that's so that's over with. So, I mean, you've kind of put you kind of like, I like the aggression, but you kind of you kind of put yourself into a corner now. Like, you gotta now you have no choice but to go after Deshaun or a quarterback in the first round. Like, you made that clear. So, I mean, now if you man. That core you were talking about in 20, 2012 to 2017, it all started with you still had to have one position right. Until you get that position right, you can't even build a core. Right? There's no core unless that one position gets 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 done the correct way. So we just got a lot of questions that I don't know when we'll start getting answers to those. It can happen this year or it can still be a process that's taking two or three years from now. No, I see. I think they got to answer the question now. And, and, and I just think it's got to be – listen, I – I, you know, Deshaun is that move that is going to be to win now and for the next, I say, six to eight years. Let's be real. And and it just becomes, and it's just, it, it's kind of that, and I guess I can say, it's kind of that damned if you do and damned if you don't. It's that realm of, and, and the bad part is, you may not know until, you know, let's say it could be training camp and he doesn't show up for training camp with the Texans and finally they go, okay, we're done. Yeah. But then you've already made your moves. You've drafted Fields or Wilson or whoever you draft. Then what? I mean, then what? Do you, then is he completely uh, off the table? You know. Um, and, and so, 
the push has got to be if um, and, and for me, I, I was thinking about it today uh, as I thought about we got ready for the show and stuff like that. And, and it's been the big kind of deal here in Charlotte, all through Charlotte, sports radio, everything. Does Deshaun Watson make the Panthers a Super Bowl contender right away? Still my question. I was going to ask uh, Je- Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, I got a bone to pick with Jeff Schwartz because he was yeah. like, Panthers fans me, are crazy if they think about it. So let me, let me, let me, let me. At first, I was thinking, you know, no. I think it does. I think it immediately puts them in the position of being a Super Bowl contender because of this and only this. Where are you taking your quarterback play? You're going from here to here. And if you think about the four or five or six games where we sat there in the last three minutes and just went, oh, Lord, you know. If if only we had a guy. Right. And if you had a guy and you win those six or seven ball games, you're 11 and five. You're you're contending. Let's let's let and let's be real, guys. If you think about the AF, if you think about the NFC, and granted, I'd love to see him out of the AFC. Bye, <laughs> see ya. But if you talk about the NFC, you are automatically there's who's out there. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be Tampa Bay for another year or two. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, let's be real. And and I mean, my kids just walked in, so I don't want to say it yet. Seattle's going to struggle. I just don't see where they're going to be much better, much longer. Um, And they've even – listen, Russell and them aren't getting along. Um, Green Bay, say what you want. He had a great year. I get it. MVP, all that. I get it. I understand it. They don't scare me. So all of a sudden, you are in that realm of you could have gone from a five-win team to an 11-win team with one guy. One move. Yeah. One guy. Listen, Houston had no offensive line. Their offensive line was nothing. Because they were in the he, same scenario. Right. And yet he threw for what? 40, I don't need 4,000 plus yards. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. I think it but, takes him, yes, immediately into the conversation. No, it definitely does. And that's why I was like, Jeff Schwartz is like, if anyone, any Panthers fans think they're a contender with Deshaun, they're crazy. And I'm like, well, no, they're really not. Because Deshaun, while he was in the same boat, the Texans were in the same boat. They lost a bevy, a bevy of games by less than a touchdown. But if you look at it, that was not because of the play of Deshaun Watson. It was because of the breakdown of their defense. Literal balls getting snapped over Deshaun's head and in the red zone and things of that nature. So Deshaun was in an area where, like, he was getting his team to those points, but the team couldn't help out. We were at the point where we were getting our team to the point. Teddy couldn't get it done and uh, various other reasons. And so, yeah, you're talking about the NFC. And Because if, if we were in the AFC, then maybe not as much. Maybe yeah. you're not an automatic Super Bowl contender. But don't don't sit there and tell me that the NFC, right. there's anyone who's a solid I mean, Super Bowl contender. The Super Bowl winner was a wild card team. And, yeah. man, and that, may have, that may have been Tom Brady, but let's be real. Man, that first game against against Washington, Washington played them well. Washington competed. I mean, it, 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 this, the NFC, like, like, Jeff said, like Jeff's been saying pretty much all season. The NFC is pretty much wide open, and if you would, and if you can go make a move, that's why I think Carolina's so you know so amped up to make to make a move. And Houston's got to be willing to got to be thinking that we can't trade them within the AFC. We got to no, get them out. No, they can't do that. So, yeah. so Carolina has to be at least with top one or two as far as the options where where, where you want to trade Deshaun Watson. Because we're still talking about a Panthers organization that lost that many games of single digits. All right, by single, less than a touchdown. One of those, mind you, being to the Packers, which if everyone is saying is the most scary team, they only lost to the Packers yeah. by by uh, by seven points. Yeah, and they had the ball. They had the ball with a chance to get it downfield and score. 
Well, and even earlier in the game, you know, Teddy with whatever was going through his mind, they had a chance to not even be in that position. So you want to tell me that they're they're scary? No, the Panthers were within eight points of winning that game, and this is still a Panthers organization without Christian McCaffrey. So you're telling me a healthy Christian McCaffrey plus a Sean Watson, that vanilla chocolate swirl couldn't come right there and hit you in the mouth of the two of them? I mean, come on now, come on now. This is still an organization. That- Listen, you are a you are I'm a big, and this is I, I can't believe I'm saying this. You are probably a top five to seven offense. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. I mean, let's be real. And now you can bring in Deshaun Watson. Takes, Come on, puts it over the top. I mean, you you you'll be giving Deshaun Watson the same type of weapons that Patrick Mahomes is playing with in Kansas City. At least on, as far as far as on par. I, I look at the speed with Robbie Anderson, DJ. And look, DJ Moore is starting to get a lot more attention as far as being pushing the top ten as far as a, a, his position. And people are starting to realize it more and more that DJ Moore's a baller no matter who's that quarterback. And Robbie's happy now, but he still wants to win. He's still got that edge, but he's now not, you know, ripping his dreads out, trying to, you know, be, being frustrated. He knows this is a place where he he knows this place is special. Yeah. One of the most one of the most Panther things would be that the Seahawks get rid of Russell Wilson and he signs with the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not horribly upset with that option. I, Look at Look at I thought you guys would be like, no. That's how deprived the Panthers fan base has been with quarterbacks over the years. And just with a court, you know, with, or just even this last year and a half. Well, we're and, just, and listen, and it just becomes, you know, there's already talk now. Uh, and, and, you, and Deshaun brought up a great point in terms of like, you talk about the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, you're going to get the proven winner right away. Who's going to make an impact. <laughs> You take your chances with, you know, she, whoever they are, you know, the top four. Are you taking a chance that they're not going to pan out and you're going to be in the same spot a year and a half from now, two years from now? Listen, they've already started nitpicking about Trevor Lawrence and about he may not be, you know. He's a surgery. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you, you get into all the other quarterbacks, you still got to prove it. I mean, you, you still got to make a difference, and the gist is – Listen, put all your eggs in that basket and roll with it. But the problem, like I said, is going to be where does Houston stand and does this thing drag out all the way to, you know, training camp? Um, and then all of a sudden, what do you do? Well, I, mean, I think the only people that 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 would get hurt – sorry, I think the only people that get hurt from that are is Houston. I think yeah. they're the ones that have all oh, – they're sitting and waiting because I we were talking about it too. I think all the things that his agent was saying about, you know, not waiting, you know, not, you know, walking out of training camp, that's just trying to, you know, say, hey, he won't do that in the future, so you can sign him now. I think come come training camp, he doesn't care about the money. He want, If if he truly wanted to stay at the organization, he'd be trying to make moves to help them be better, and he would have gone and talked to the owner and talked to the right. organization. He doesn't want to stay in that organization. He will sit yeah. out until they yeah. let him. Jack, the problem is he has talked to him a lot of times about a lot of things. And they've gone completely opposite of what he's asked for. That's what I'm he saying. Said, so this is, he said this about offensive coordinator. He said this about bringing players. And every time they've pretty much done the opposite. Man, they, yes. I mean, Houston, like, 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 like we said before, train wreck. Houston, I think Houston is the only reason a deal won't get done. I think it's all, it's going to be based off how willing Houston is to, to be able to want to get a deal done. And like we saw, like me and Jack talked about before, they're not in the position they think they're in as far as being in control. You're, right. you're, really, you're at the mercy of the court. The, the players already ma- made the demand. You're at the mercy of, do you do you ruin your locker room by trying to stand your ground at this point, or do you just go ahead and get them out? Or, or your fan base. Yeah. I mean, you, you you mess around with Deshaun Watson, who to me is, other than J.J. Watt, he is the Houston Texans. You can mess around with your fan base and do that to them? 
I think the play, I think the players would be like, look, you've got I, like they would hate to see him go, but the players and they're just be like, look, you're treating him horribly. You're treating this whole organization horribly. I, and don't get it twisted. I think a deal will get done. It's just up to them as to whether if they wait till training camp, the draft is over with. All right. those commodities are gone, so they're going to have to really, really settle. I think it's going to bite him in the butt. Either way, you know, I, I, I think it, so. I think that's how it's going to go around. Um, and I think it'll just be interesting to see either way. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll just talk about quarterbacks. So speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, the big, one of the bigger things that happened, not even big, it's just, it's funny how much the media still wants to focus on Cam. Y'all think we talk about Cam a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything Cam does, they want, I mean, it's not, this stuff wasn't horribly negative. They were just showing where obviously y'all saw kid was chirping Cam, not at Cam's camp. That was the misconception. It was not at Cam's, uh, his Cam's camp. It was a seven on seven tournament that his team, his seven on seven organization was a part of. Mm-hmm. And this was a kid on another team chirping their organization who they didn't even play that day. And so Cam didn't even see that. But so what I mean, so the kid chirped Cam and the video at first showed it was Cam asking where the kid's father was, which Cam explained himself. And it's pretty smart. You are at that level where you're that high up. You you cannot be looking at like that. If that's the worst thing you say to a kid, where's your father? That's fine. Because you cannot be on camera chirping a child. If you're that kind of person, you, you go talk to the coach. You go talk to the father. The video, the whole video that's one of Cam's kids took shows the entire interaction of Cam going, look, I'm not trying to chirp you. I would like to know, you know, how you performed in these games today. He was like, how'd y'all do? And then he goes one and two. So the Cam just laughed. He was like, <laughs> and then he asked, what did you do? And he kept not answering. The kid was like, go check out my YouTube. You'll see it. You're telling Cam Newton to go look at your YouTube. What kind of balls do you it's, have on you, son? This thing was, it, it, it's just one of those things. Why? Okay. The kid's like 17 years old. You're talking about you. You're talking to a, Former NFL MVP, three-time Pro Bowler, NFL Rookie of the Year, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, National Champion, Why? Heisman Trophy winner. Like you don't, you don't think he got something he could tell you that could possibly help you get to at least somewhere close to where he's been. You know, like, he's not I even mean, your coach. He doesn't have to tell you anything. So you're gonna come in with that energy? And it's, it's just a moment where you say t- you took that moment to try to. Try to try, try to embarrass this guy. Mind you, this guy's made a million times. Oh, oh, he's made he's made a million over a hundred times. And you are that. That's not the moment you take. That's not what you do with that moment. That's the moment where you try to pick his brain, see what he knows, see see if he's willing to give you some keys. I mean, mind you, I mean Cam is a whether he's on his team or not. That Cam is more than willing to help out. One, I mean, he, he, he was trying. Out. He was trying to help the kid out. I think he's, try, he's, he's just trying. He's trying to help you, and you take that moment to try to get some laughs from 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 your peers. I mean, it's a moment that. That I hope he doesn't have to look back on five years from now and say, "Damn." Well, that's problem because you think tape. You, I mean, you think tape don't lie. That that's a that's a different kind of tape that's right all, there. This is all now. This is all around the world. And this is the, now. This is everybody's. Mind you, I have no idea who this kid is. This is my first impression of you. This is a lot exactly. of coaches' first impression of you. Now, this video, you talking to Cam Newton, as if you, as if y'all two are on the same level. You know, and not taking advantage of opportunity to actually get get coached up but i mean you know also the practicality of it is you you've seen how cam talks to people you know the vibrato and the and the and the confidence cam rolls up with you think you're gonna beat cam at that i mean like that's just yanking it cam's gonna find something to pull at you oh yeah so a couple angles to give it to you from number one had it been any other quarterback in the nfl no one would never seen the video no no never that's number one um number two as a father Really? That's my kid? You're going to do that? I, you know, I, I hope I would have, you know, and, and here's the cool part about Cam. I was asking for the father. And Cam, and Cam didn't go like, hey, who's your dad? I mean, he was respectful. He wasn't like, hey, who's your daddy? Or 
where's your daddy? You know, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't negative. I mean, it was just, and, and, I, and, and it just becomes, and Shanti, you said it on the, you guys both talked about it. This, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, I want you on my team, a college coach. And, and it's like, okay, I can sign this kid to my division one school, or I can decide, or I can sign this kid to my division one school. Guess where I'm going? I'm not going to you because you are talking to a person who took to me, even though we had the Michael Vicks and the Randall Cunninghams and all that, took the NFL quarterback role to another position, took it to another level. If you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Learn, you've got this wealth of knowledge. Hey, Cam, listen, I know you've had trouble in life. I know the media has never been nice to you. I know this. What can I do to better myself that way? If you're from a perspective, you're right. Yeah. Do I'm getting at like you? You've always been in the limelight and stuff. Is there anything you may have done differently? Learn. I mean, here's a guy who's been to hell and back in every way, shape, and form, from the automobile accident to you know getting hurt to not jumping on the ball. Yeah, Um, even the even the laptop back in Florida. Right. Yeah, and, he, went from, he went from a D1 program to JUCO, and so you don't think – he can even tell you how to play in JUCO if you don't right. think you're going to make it to D1 football. Like, You're a 17-year-old – sorry, I'm just going to go off here. You're a 17-year-old schmuck who's proven nothing. I don't care how good you are in high school, you have not proved nothing. Because that's the thing, too. If I'm a coach on his team coaching him right now. I'm making him run every – I'm making him run all hours of the day tomorrow. Because it just isn't, and, and I've told my kids this growing up and everything else, when you step onto that field or you put on that jersey even walking around school or the neighborhood or whatever, you represent that school. You represent your school. When you put, step on that field as a, as a team member or whatever it is, you are representing that school, your coaches, and your other teammates. Don't be a, don't be a moron. Don't do that, yeah. Just stop. Yeah, but the just... sad part about it, the sad part about it is – the fact that we're having this conversation, yeah. Because I mean, Cam, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, and look, here's the thing: while while the kid's decision was was a mistake, I feel bad because I'm like, man, like you don't understand. Like this is this is your introduction to the world. This is your this is how you introduce yourself to everyone. Like ESPN's picked this up, Bleacher Report's picked this up now. So just this is everywhere. This this video is going to circulate for at least the next the next two weeks, and we have no idea who your name is. And, and the problem. And you're right. And here's the just in today's world. And, and you know, but Shantice, the sad part about it is, man, even though this is his introduction, it's probably what he was hoping. He was hoping to egg him on and to get his 15 minutes of fame at Sports Center or wherever else. And the gist is to me, um, maybe if it was Tom Brady and somebody had been joking around with him, that's fine. If this would have happened with Ryan Tannehill on the sidelines, no, you'd have never seen it. No. Tom, Brady, Tom Brady, yes, but nobody's going to say that Tom Brady. They just know, here's Cam Newton. I'm going to say something stupid. I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame on this, you know, here. I'm going to send it to TikTok or whatever the hell else they want to do. And guess what? I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame. And at the end of the day, you look like a schmuck. And now, to be fair, it has backfired in his face too because the media actually hasn't really been portraying Cam as the bad guy in this scenario. No, been, I mean, they've been putting it on this kid for whatever reason. The Panthers players in these camps, something happens where it's not like Keekly kid; it's like Keekly tackling a kid because the now, kid threw him out. Now, the cool part about it is, though, and I would have loved to have seen this five or six years ago with younger Cam. <laughs> you know, because he's grown. I mean, you know what yeah, I'm saying? He's grown a lot. You know, had it been his rookie year or something I mean, like that. 
I could have seen Cam just, you know, <laughs> kind of put the kid in his place. Well, kind of did. It, it, well, that did kind of happen. If we don't, if you don't, if you remember correctly, it was yeah, about I like what was it, like two, three years ago when the kid tripped him yeah. at was at practice or at his camp or oh, something. Like that. I think I he had another seven oh seven count. Yeah. Yeah, and That's I don't remember what the kid said. Cam, listen, in the last five years, Cam's grown a lot. Well, yeah, because that time he definitely asked the kid's dad or coach. He just he said some comment back at him. I'm talking about early on, like you know, when he basically got said, "I want to be an entertainer, not a football." I know. I know. That could have been a different. But people won't let that go, and that's the sad part. Yeah, that's that's so. I said people like to say the Panthers fans just pay too much attention to Cam and won't let Cam go. The media won't let Cam go either because they like to just every little thing that Cam does, they like to throw it out on him. And I'll be interested to see you know what happens. Again, I hope Cam is on a team. I don't know if it's the Patriots. I don't know where it is. I'd like him to still be somewhere. You know, I, you know, I think, I think Cam and the Patriots are stuck with each other for another year. I think so too. Nobody wants to play. Nobody, nobody wants to play for New England. They, I mean, Stafford's they even want to get traded there and they don't have any weapons who really wants to gotta try to go fix that situation until they go figure out what, what they can do a wide receiver. So, I mean, I would have said, I would have said he would have gone with Ron, but you know, Alex Smith, you know, is, is, is playing pretty Stout, you know, they got that other kid who came in for the uh, what was the kid's name that played in the uh, Heineke, the former Panther quarterback, which actually I haven't heard is he's been getting a little bit more consideration for the starting role, depending upon what Alex wants to do. I will, so, I will predict right now, you can mark it down, just mark it down. You know where I'm going. Here we go. You know what I'm gonna say. Why would he want to go to another crapshoot team at the time? Because he'll be the starter at New England. Marcus Mariota will be the starting quarterback in New England come the fall. Well, that, that's to say that I mean, that's considering that Derek Carr won't leave. Or won't get taken away from from uh, Los Angeles or excuse me Las Vegas. I it could well it could be Carr or or it could be Garoppolo. Listen, it could be I've heard Garoppolo in the mix. His thing, I, his thing. I don't think any of, any of those quarterbacks fix what the problem was in New England. Oh, dude, the problem listen, is so much bigger than people, quarterbacks. People will say whatever they want, and I'm going to say this. And I listen, and people will punt back at me. Whatever. Tom Brady could have been on the Patriots this year. And they were no better than an eight-win football team. Yeah, that team was just- with the Bills and the Dolphins played this year. Listen, no. they got they got so many issues on the offensive side of the ball, it is not even funny. Yeah. So I don't even think the greatest of all time could have gotten him to eight wins. Not the way the Bills and the Dolphins were playing. I mean, he barely got into the playoffs last year. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you remember the last you remember who they got beat by, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. How can I forget? <laughs> Come on. We'll see. Like I said, the the, the quarterback carousel could be crazy this year. It was crazy last year. It seems like it's been crazy the last couple of years. I'm. It's going to be. I think just from the thing from the, the the narrative has seemed to have changed in terms of Panthers media, Panthers beat writers, and ESPN and Beach Report in general. It seems like there's a the Panthers have a lot to be excited about in terms of Panthers fans and what this offseason is going to bring up. I, you know, as Panthers fans, we never want to get our hopes up too high when it comes to the offseason. But we'll be here for as long as we can and as long as we can stay sane giving you the updates and giving our analysis on whatever happens. I want to know how quick both of y'all buy a Ford jersey if it happens. <laughs> Say one more time. Oh, oh, oh. If, if Deshaun. Oh. Probably. You're buying a jersey the next day. All my jerseys, none of them. Oh, McCaffrey's the only one that plays for us anymore. So I just need a jersey <laughs> that's playing. Let's all our fans out there. So we, we, you know, we have a lot of teams that we root for our household. Every time we put something up as a fat head yep. and we buy a jersey, it is the kiss of death for whoever that player is. Yep. <laughs> Vince Young, Johnson, Peppers, Jake Locker. I had Jake Locker. I had a Jake Locker jersey. Ugh. Yeah, not, not a good look. No. <laughs> but either way, 
like I said, we'll be here as sane as we can and as, as coherent as we can throughout all the updates, all the changes, everything that's going on. So for everything and for all that and more, stay here and keep pounding.